0: We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. So, um, guys, I'm so excited today to have someone who I really admire, with us on the podcast today, her name is Jessie Golden. Jesse, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So happy to finally connect. I know, I know. I feel like we've been kind of swirling around each other for a while. Um, yes. But but when I was preparing for this podcast, I was almost thinking like, how do I even describe this woman? Because all the quote unquote titles that you have aren't really enough to kind of capture your, your essence, you know? Um, and you come across to me as someone who's just so aligned in yourself so centered in yourself and you kind of really move from from the middle of who you are Um, so I'm excited to kind of almost plug your brain about how alignment feels to you and how you how you do that and how it looks on you to give other people you know it looks different on everybody but I think when we share the differences it kind of opens it up for people Um, but before we get into that then could you you probably do a better job of me tell um, the (laughs) listeners like a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, I um so let's see I grew up in Chicago dancing at my mom's dance studio. Ballet and dance really la- laid the foundation like for my life in some crazy weird way with discipline and practice and repetition and all of those kinds of foundations like flooded into every other aspect of my life. And then I started modeling, um which I had a love-hate relationship with. I loved the freedom, but I hated the business. Um, but I did it my entire life, really. I, I'm so grateful that I was able to um, take care of myself and eventually my son through modeling. And I fell back in love with modeling when I got pregnant uh, 20 years ago now, because I did pregnancy modeling. And and then my um, career was able to extend itself because I was one of the only like certified yoga teachers that was a model. And right when all the yoga companies started to come to birth, they were looking for models that actually knew yoga. And I was one of the only ones. So I kind of dominated um, that space and I was so lucky. And it's the first time I really fell in love with the whole modeling thing because I was doing something more than just sharing a pretty face. I was able to like show all my yoga and everything like that. Um, And then amidst all of that, I also became a holistic health practitioner um, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was 29. And that kind of put me on a whole spiral of just wanting to learn everything about holistic health. And um, now I'm the owner of a skincare and wellness line called the Golden Secrets. And I live with my family in Topanga, my husband and my 19-year-old son, and my two dogs.
0: I love that. And um it wants I have so many questions then to ask you because there's so much there. <laughs> Um, But I also want to, I guess, start with, you know, you do have a condition and you, you know, you just put it in there so lightly, like it's just another thing about you. And I think that's really inspiring because, you know, having rheumatoid arthritis is so, um, you know, when you get that kind of, I guess, words around certain thing, it can feel limiting. And you always just show up in such a, an expansive way where you're not kind of, you're not woo-wooing yourself over it, but you're really like, um, from a realistic and grounded place like sitting with it and then transforming it into you know something else that that is not what it started off as so I'd love to hear about what that's like in your own words and your journey with with kind of I guess wearing it so so lightly and beautifully but also not mm, denying the challenges which you you do that balance so nicely
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's the gift and the curse in chronic disease. There's so many lessons that that come with it because you have to face it. When I was diagnosed, I really considered myself the epitome of health. So it really took me by surprise. It was the first time in my life that I realized I wasn't bulletproof. And it's just been the most humbling experience. But early on, I was like, I have two choices here. And And it was very clear to me. It was like, I can go down this victim mode and let this destroy me, which it's very easy to do so when you don't feel good and your health is at stake. Um, but my greatest mo- motivation was my son was four years old when I got diagnosed and I was a single mom. And um, I kind of learned like self-love through him, which is which is so crazy. I don't think I would have had that um, motivation if it was just me, but I had to pull my bootstraps up and just kind of like change my mindset and be like, I'm going to learn everything I can about this disease. Like, why is this happening? What's going on? And just always look at the cup half full. Like that, I think that's like a thread that goes through my entire life is just let's focus on the positive. And there are so many positives. I mean, I became a holistic health practitioner. I feel like it opened up a whole new door and a whole new voice for me. I mean, prior to that, I was a yoga teacher and I was still making a living as a model, but I don't think people saw me, I don't want to say as a human, but like, I think they just put me in a category like, oh, she's this pretty model and she does yoga in California and like whatever. And then all of a sudden when I was like, no, I have a, a disease and I didn't walk for a year, people started listening to me. And I, I all of a sudden started receiving a different type of feedback from people. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can share my story and help people. And that really is what spiraled the whole thing for me to start the golden secrets. The golden secrets originally was just a blog where I was sharing anything and everything that had helped me at that point. I mean, this was 15, 16 years ago. And so no one was talking about like nightshade vegetables and inflammatory disease and gluten. Like it was very, like you had to be in the now, you know, to like really understand those things. Now it's everywhere, but um, Mm. I've just chosen a long time ago to look at this disease as like a blessing,
0: Mm. you know? Yeah. Well, I guess in that case, I I have a question that I want to field to you because people ask me this all the time and I don't really um, necessarily feel like I have a full answer, which is like, you know, how do you, because I talk a lot about like getting in a good kind of, in a good mind state. And people say, but what happens when you just physically don't feel good? It's so much harder to have a mind state, you know, like to feel that positive mindset when it's like day after day that you don't feel. And it does affect your, you know, your mood and your thinking and stuff. So like, what are your sort of thoughts on that or things that you kind of do to yourself when you're, I guess when, when the, the half empty does kind of sometimes creep in. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's where the lesson is. and and I. In my life, like that, those moments that can break me is my opportunity to practice everything I've learned, pull out my toolbox. And it's like, whether it's a meditation or like listening to Abraham Hicks or going into nature or just knowing that it will pass. I've been through it so many times where I've been knocked on my butt and just knowing that it'll pass and allowing my body to feel whatever it's feeling, allowing myself to rest if I need to rest, take care of myself. It's a constant evolution of, of, you know, I think that's one of the coolest things too, about, about living with a chronic disease is you have to remain adaptable because it's Mm. constantly shifting. It keeps you in your body. It, Mm. it helps you make good choices. Like I feel like it's very on par with human design because I don't have a choice to like go against what my body wants me to do, whether it's people, environments, because it shows up on my body right away. Mm. You know, so there's some really cool things about it. Like I've been able to set boundaries pretty rapidly because I know what happens when I don't, you know,
0: Mm. that's so profound because it's almost like sometimes we, we make it okay to make choices that, that do impede on our boundaries or we think, oh, this time it's going to be okay because I guess we minimize, like the cost doesn't seem so big, but sometimes maybe having a cost that is bigger makes you kind of snaps you back into, well, yeah, into alignment because you're like, I simply can't afford to. So, um, you know, yeah. and I think that's, that's happening to all of us more and more on a, on a global scale. Like we're seeing like, okay, I can't just mess around. I don't just have time to say this thing that I don't mean, or, you know, do this thing that isn't really what my soul wants me to be doing. And you're probably just really early to the party. <laughs>
1: yeah and I mean I'm 44 I mean I feel like I've always been like I feel like I've always been like that but certainly as I've gotten older and just had more life experience and trusted my intuition more I'm like now I just know (laughs) it's like it's a yes or a no like there's no like a well yeah (laughs) you
0: know and and also you're a generator right so it's sacral like you it doesn't your your body doesn't speak to you in, in in gray it's like either a yes like you said it's just either a yes or it's a no Um, and what I think is so cool about what you're saying that I really think is like worth pinpointing is that you, you know, that it passes because of the seeing the cycle again, you know, that it's a flux and a flow, right? I think sometimes when the first thing, you know, hits us, we, we feel like that's going to be it forever, but with time and with kind of like just being fully in life, you realize like everything does just, you know, nothing is as, as kind of damning or, you know, things that seem like they're the end of the world one day you know with a sleep on it or a you know just a day passing um it's it's that's wisdom right is the is the seeing that it does go up and then it does go down and then it does go up and it doesn't go down so then when you're when you're in the downs you don't think that they're going to last forever you don't you don't you take them with more levity because you're like okay I know this one we've been here before like (laughs) you know um and that's that's, that's what help. it's about
1: like it's so interesting mm. as a mom like seeing my son go through some interesting changes and i think he's like he's nine now and he's turning into an adult and like going through adulthood and stuff like that and to be able to see like how he thinks and stuff and sometimes i have to remind him like like the lessons are going to continue to come you know like if we're not going to wake up one day and all of a sudden not have any lessons or not have anything that's going to stump us, like that's the opportunity for us to practice. And so that's what I always try and remind myself when I get a big obstacle or a big challenge or something just kind of knocks me off. I'm like, oh, this is when I'm supposed to actually do all those things. Because it's easy when things are going great, but can you do it when everything's falling apart? And then I think the more you kind of like retrain your brain and, and just practice that, those hiccups become easier and easier to manage you know just manage life with grace
0: yeah absolutely and it's it's so nice to just hear that be reaffirmed because I think when you first face a hardship right it's almost like that's the hardest time is the first time and like you said and as it gets easier and easier the more and more time goes on so it's never to let the sort of the first step make you feel discouraged or feel like it's always going to be that same way because you do just get more kind of familiar with it um and that's I think you know that really shows up in in your energy I feel like you know whenever you're and you're very very open about things you go through like trying to conceive and having another um it was it two hand surgeries a few years ago that you had to have again and you uh, know- I've been
1: yeah, there's been a lot of opportunity lately <laughs> you know two hand surgeries back to back two miscarriages Um, I actually had two failed transfers, which I haven't spoken too much about, but all within the three years. So it was a lot of, um, getting your hopes up and failing and getting your hopes up and then failing. And then, you know, you add in hormones and you add in medications that they give you to for surgery, which I'm not used to, and I'm a sensitive Mm -hmm. spirit. So all these things where I didn't even feel like I was in my power to handle those because I was on medication. That was kind of like making me off Mm. wow that was like you know but you know again it's like this is what life's about let's let's Mm. see how I can handle this and I just constantly come back to everything that I have I have a beautiful son I have an amazing husband I love my life and you know I just constantly try and focus on the good stuff
0: Mm. and it's it's really amazing because I think um you know what i'm hearing you say there is is that it's when when stuff is happening to you you're not giving the power to those circumstances as fixing you you're seeing it as your journey with yourself right you're seeing it as this is how i these are my tools this is me like it's it's you and you and that it's not you and the thing controlling you it's it's you know um it's kind of central focused um and I think that's something that is so easy to forget in today's world because of we do think that, you know, matter controls us. We do fall easily into victim. We do, you know, kind of easily feel powerless and and live in a world that kind of supports that, um, that sort of belief system. Um, but there's nothing more. And it really, it sounds weird, but it does kind of... Um, make the hardship almost not fun, but almost interesting and full of promise when you can just like experience a new level of yourself through that. And like you said, use it as the opportunity to, you know, become something even more um evolved or something you're even more proud to be or see a new side of yourself and strengthen that and all those kinds of things. But um you are also sort of, I guess, would you say you were inherently spiritual from being a kid? Like, did you How much of these principles were you sort of born with, um, let's say, um, because obviously you did a lot of learning along the way, but everybody comes into life with different and, you know, people who are listening to this, who know, about um, their design is that we all have different ways of learning. And so I'm curious, some people are just born kind of knowing everything. A lot of people have to go through a lot of stuff to learn. Um, But I feel like you're like a very strong mix of both.
1: I think I'm a mix of both too. I mean, I was definitely, I say a weird child but I mean, I was just super spiritual. I, I felt like I had one foot in and one foot out until I was like 10 living in both worlds. And, um, I had, I mean, I think now I can say this, even though I feel like it sounds ridiculous, but I had wisdom beyond my age. I was a mediator for my family. I was very calm, holding space. And, and that was like my place. Like I was always like ending up counseling people. <laughs> you know, I was just mm-hmm. like, that's kind of where my comfort zone was. But You know, and then on top of that, I think I went through a lot of life experiences starting at an early age with like dysfunctional living and family life and, um, you know, those kinds of things that also helped like me evolve. But anytime I would gravitate towards anything spiritual, like I found my first yoga book when I was 18, it was like a coming home. Like it always felt like, oh, like this was like a remembrance like it wasn't like this is completely foreign to me it was like
0: oh this is like these are my people you know so um yeah that's amazing and did you ever was it always this kind of gravitating towards that or did you ever have moments where you i guess like pushed away because i think it's also really scary to live in the light for want of a better word sometimes Um, did you ever feel like you had like your rebellious, did you ever like push it, push it away or push down your gifts or rebel in the more obvious kind of ways? Did you ever like, I don't know, drink and party, or did you ever just pretend that you weren't kind of gifted? And
1: yeah, I mean, I did get, I got involved with drugs at a very early age where I grew up in Chicago. I don't know why we were experimenting very early. I mean, 15, I dropped LSD, which I almost didn't come back from because I'm a sensitive spirit Mm -hmm. and I I don't need drugs. I could go into (laughs) a room for 10 minutes and be there, you know? Um, But I kind of learned that the hard way, but I was just so into like, I I think that it goes with the same thing where I was so spiritual. I almost didn't feel like I was fully planted in this earth. So drugs to me was like a way to like go back to that spirituality. And Mm -hmm. so I, I did get super involved into like, drugs for a while and then at 18 I was like I'm done with drugs. I was a, an old soul. I was like I'm good, I'm done. And then you know casually I'd drink or smoke a little pot, but still to this day I'm just such a sensitive soul. I don't I don't need much. Um but I think that to answer your question, I think the hardest thing for me has always been finding a balance. I feel like I'm getting better at it. But How do I stay in spirit, which is my favorite place to be in Mm -hmm. fairyland, but also be a human and make a living and do what I'm supposed to do here on this earth. Mm -hmm. And that's always been the biggest struggle because I can get really caught up in like having to work Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I can't be in the other like free space. So I think just constantly trying to find that, um, more ease in my life,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah, I think it, I can relate to that so much that that trying to be in both because you kind of can't be in both at the same exact time like you really have to just keep taking the shuttle between the two Um, but so if it was easier for you to be up in the sort of the kind of esoteric worlds did you find that did you ever find that grounding was or feeling kind of earthed or in your body or any of that stuff was was that I guess maybe dancing helped you with that but did you ever have you know, struggles around that, or um, is there anything you do to kind of help you be more in that sort of physical world?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, dancing. Yeah. I mean, dancing was such a huge part of my life. I think I transmuted everything that I had ever gone through in my life. And I think that's why um, rheumatoid arthritis was so hard because it shut my body down. And for the first time in my life, I really had to tune inward. Wow. and i could my body to like transmute everything like i always had mm. and that's when like the real practice started happening i mean i was i was actually getting my yoga certification at the same time which was wild because i thought in my head i had already been practicing for 11 years and i was a ballerina before that so i could do all the tricks and stuff i just wanted my certification so i was kind of going in there with my ego and then i got diagnosed My body shut down pretty rapidly and I couldn't practice any of the asana, any of the physical movements. My teacher allowed me to um, stay in the teacher training as long as I was there, but it was like the biggest lesson for me because I had to sit on the sidelines and watch everybody. But it was the first time that I was like, oh, I have to sit with myself and like listen to my inner thoughts and like what's going on. And it was a whole new way for me to like learn who i was i had never done that because i had always just kind of moved and and done things and i was never really still so again the blessing is that it opened up this whole new realm i mean a lot of people know but there's eight limbs of yoga asana the movement is only one of them so it really gave me an opportunity to like dive into everything else which helped mm-hmm. me throughout the rest of my life it helped me you know Thrive, which I like to say with with rheumatoid arthritis for sure yeah
0: yeah it's it's really interesting because I'm also thinking like there's so many lessons that you've integrated that your specific path that was custom made to you led you there and there's not like you know you couldn't prescribe the same thing to anybody else but it's it it, we're all united in the sense that we're going to get exactly what we need to get to this place of kind of remembering and knowing and and um going within and becoming who we're supposed to be and and all those sorts of things and it's great that you know um it's just life bringing you things and you're just facing and sitting with with whatever is and I think that's really really inspiring because it's not about um trying to think you've ever kind of landed or or got it it's like okay there's 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 the next moment and then it will just meet it where it (laughs) is yeah I
1: think it's like constant just lessons like that's what I'm realizing I'm like
0: Mm.
1: you know I think we just have to become better students or hopefully we become better students but like the contrasts in life are
0: gonna keep coming Mm -hmm. you know and it's just Mm -hmm. up to us how we decide to handle it yeah absolutely and um there's something else I want to ask you and I think I told you about this before but I'm so curious because I find it such an incredible story and so kind of full of hope and expansion about how um, you met your husband and I mean you can just tell from your energy that you know you guys are just it's soulmate energy you know and and I don't think you see that it's not the norm in our world Um, so I'm really curious to ask you about that just to share with people so that you know, it increases people's belief that things are possible.
1: Yeah. No, I love sharing this story because relationships were always really challenging for me. I mean, I had a lot of challenges in my life, but I always felt pretty confident about getting through them. Mm. Relationships were just tough. Like I, you know, um, uh, my son's dad, you know, we didn't stay together. So I raised my son on my own. And then um, I had, a relationship that didn't work and then I ended up marrying someone who was my best friend we're still best friends we just shouldn't have been married and then I ended up in a toxic relationship I mean I have been through the ringer <laughs> and yeah so um right before I met my husband I really was like I'm gonna do some work like some serious work on myself self-love. I realized that I really didn't have a lot of self-love. I read something somewhere that now I feel like is more spoken about, but like how you treat yourself is how your partner is going to treat you. And I was like, Mm. I treat myself horribly. I ignore all my body signals. I don't take care of myself, you know? So Mm. I really dove in and I made a conscious decision to live at my highest vibration because I also remember hearing that your partner will match you wherever you're at. And so I just made this conscious decision where I was gonna say yes to everything and just like live really high. And um, it was so cool because I remember in that space where I was really practicing self-love, I was enjoying my friends, I was living very high vibrational. I remember having a moment in my house where I was like completely content. And I had a moment where I was like, I don't need anybody and i was like if nobody comes i'm totally fine like that's how fool i felt alone and, and then literally the next week i <laughs> got invited to um stagecoach which is a country concert i had never been to everything aligned i didn't have a ticket i didn't have anywhere to stay i didn't have anyone to watch kaleo within 24 hours, everything aligned where I all of a sudden got a ticket. I got a place to stay. Someone was watching Cleo. He was like 14 at the time. So I just needed someone to like, he, he didn't need a babysitter, but I didn't <laughs> want to leave him alone at night. Um, and I just kept saying I was going to go there and meet my cowboy. I didn't know why I was saying that I didn't even have a thing for cowboys. I just kept <laughs> saying like, I would go meet my cowboy. <laughs> and, um, Day three, it was a three-day festival. Me and my girlfriend who are quite tall with our cowboy boots on, we were like six feet tall. The whole weekend, it felt like all these really short older men were trying to pick us up and we were just so over it. (laughs) And I said, we really need some six foot four cowboys to come (laughs) carry us home. I said that out loud. And all of a sudden here comes my future husband and his best friend who are six foot four dressed as cowboys walking towards us and now me and my girlfriend are like dying laughing laughing hysterical and they come up to us and they're like what's we're like we literally just prayed for you guys like literally i just said i need a six-foot cowboy to come carry me home so his friend threw me over his shoulder and like carried me to the bar and they were just so fun and um me and my husband, we didn't exchange numbers or anything. I said, I'll I'll see you later. Like Garth Brooks was playing that night. He was the lead song uh, singer. And there was 200,000 people. And he ended up finding me in a crowd of 200,000 people. He tells this story that everyone was watching Garth Brooks facing that way. And I sensed him and I turned around and I was the only head that was like looking the other direction. And then he just came to me and we danced the whole night and he found me on Facebook and that was it. It was just divine. It is the most, I'm so proud of us. Like he's, he's just, I have nothing bad to say. Our relationship is so healthy and and good. And he's, he comes from a great family. I like thank his mom all the time. He's very spiritual and grounded and, I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful, but I didn't meet him until I was 39, 39. So, you know, I I think that that's very interesting. And that's the place that I think it's, I think it's possible to meet your soulmate, obviously at an earlier age, but I think then the relationship can be really challenging because you have to go through those lessons together. Mm -hmm. And I bonus of finding your soulmate later in life is you kind of already been through all that stuff. So by the time you guys get together, it's not as much friction,
0: (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. it's just more divine. Mm. Yeah, because you did it, you did it separately. You did the the hard stuff separately. And I think it's so we did it separately.
1: um, Yeah, yeah. exactly. Other people.
0: Yeah. And um I think it's so cool because just hearing (laughs) that story of, you know, you had it's almost like I I kept thinking that um you know, that saying that they say the things you want lightly come easily, like you weren't coming from a place of lack and you just said it out loud and it just happened and you weren't attaching any weight to it. It's almost like it just came because you were so already not coming from needing something inside you. Um, But I also think that it's incredible because, you know, that's just as easy for the universe to manifest as a coin on the street. Like it's us and our kind of lack and our, you know, weird beliefs around things that make things Um, you know, so hard to uh, create sometimes. Um, And I also think that so many people from that same place of lack feel like they have to get married earlier on. Um, And I don't know about you, but I watched so many of my friends get married in their sort of mid to late 20s. And then now it's 10 years later, and there's already like, you know, misalignments and people realizing that they're kind of in the same, you know, similar type of situations that they didn't want to get into you know in the beginning and stuff so I think you know your story of just being so almost comfortable in yourself to to wait and to not feel like that was a limitation you know I feel like you don't accept a lot of limits
1: (laughs) kind of I think I'm a little stubborn and set in my ways with certain things like with certain things with, with things that I don't know or I don't understand and I'm totally open but there's certain things like if if my body's like this is how it is then that's just it you know it's really hard for me to waver from that but yeah it's it's so interesting the whole the whole relationship thing because especially too because before i had this relationship i thought relationships were all about compromise and like i grew up in the era where my mom was reading like men are from mars women are from venus and like Life like relationships were all about like therapy and compromise and mm. and um so I kind of thought that I was gonna have to like give up a part of myself or something when I wanted to be with somebody. But when you find the right person, that doesn't happen, even question it. That's that was like the biggest lesson that I love sharing with people mm. is when you find the right person and you don't question it and you don't have to like sacrifice who you are you don't have to compromise when I say compromise like of course like you just I just love him so I want him to be happy but like I don't have to compromise myself I've been in relationships mm-hmm. where you know they weren't healthy in in, in a compromising way but
0: mm-hmm. and did you did you do when you said you had to do a lot of work on yourself then because I love that I think even with people who think that they're with their person you still hear like relationships are so hard relationships you have to You know, there's still a lot of that rhetoric around, and like it's so much work, and it's whatever. But I love it's so refreshing to hear you talk about it. But I wonder if you, when you said you did a lot of work on yourself before you met him, whether any of the, um, did you kind of make a decision to stop compromising, or was it just, I guess, is it the person that that didn't make you feel like you ever had to do that, or did you kind of decide to stop doing that before you met him, or was just being with him enough of the medicine?
1: Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. Like I remember there was some, like some of the work that I had to do was like the feminine and masculine work for me because I felt like I had lived in my masculine most of my life. Um, I was raised by a single mom who was also a businesswoman. It, I, I was very confused, I think, with what masculine and, and feminine divine energy was mm-hmm. because my mom was this like goddess walking, but she did all the male roles. Mm-hmm. So I was really confused Um, and then I ended up following in her footsteps and I realized that I was attracting more feminine men or I was attracting, um, I was just, or or toxic males. And so I remember like I needed to create space. Like I, I felt like I needed to be this businesswoman, and I needed to be a mom and a dad to my son, but I wanted to be the feminine and this, and like the fairy is what I was imagining, like in my relationship. And I wanted to find a grounding man that would allow me that space and I remember when we met like even my girlfriend my best friend was like you're glowing and like I think I was like wearing a skirt which I hadn't worn a, like a skirt in a long time and she was like you you feel so much more feminine to me and it was the first person in my life that had allowed me to be in that space mm. um, which I had been craving but I don't think that I allowed previous relationships to do that because I was so like, I could do it myself, like that toxic feminism type of thing. Like I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't even allowing space for for that beautiful, like divine masculine to come in. But I mm-hmm. think I went on a total tangent of like the question that no. you asked,
0: but it's so important. it's so important because I think we all, um you know, a lot of us women have learned to kind of be hyper independent, but then it becomes a almost like a a block or a um you know, a, a sort of a defense mechanism because then you'll always be okay, right? But then it means that you right. don't ever fully open up. Um so I think that's a really important part of the journey to speak about because I do think, you know there's a, a lot of rhetoric as well around like, where are the strong men? but it's like, well, if we're not if if you can't find them, it's it's always come back to you, right? So, I love that that you say that you had to kind of transform that in yourself to even attract somebody who was a different type of energy than what you had, um, experienced before. What you could have you could have easily told yourself was the norm or reality, but you just changed your reality because you changed yourself.
1: Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with like feminine men, like mm-hmm. that's just not what worked for me because mm-hmm. I'm very strong and. I think I can like just take over and then like lose respect. So I knew that I needed somebody that was really grounded and strong in their, in themselves. It just works. It's,
0: it's so, it's so amazing to just hear a different, hear a different narrative around it. I think a lot of people kind of secretly wish that this could be their reality. I think and so. It's just That's nice cool to thing. share. Yeah. It's yeah. So nice I think you're hear. right.
1: Like, The, the lack thing I think is a big thing for a lot of people. I mean, not only, I think relationships is the best example, but I think people are are, most often are coming from a state of lack and then that's what they end up getting. They Mm -hmm. get somebody that's half in the relationship and and not really committed or something. And I think it's so key to like, be complete on your own, find that self-love with yourself and then live at your highest vibration because, um, your partner will meet you wherever you're at and so mm-hmm. if you're you know moping around in a state of lack that's what you're going to attract you know
0: absolutely and and it works with so many other things like um you know what you were saying about if you're if you're only willing to um you know be as vulnerable or be as open or as soft then you will only ever attract people who um can give you that because it's you know it's it's the quantum reality it's just reflecting um, our inner state so I love that you say that it's you know just easeful and and peaceful and respectful and it's almost like sometimes um talking about the hardship of everything even blessings sometimes gets a bit um glorified you know so for example Jordan Younger who you also know you know she she's very um open about saying you know she had a great um pregnancy or she loves being a mother or you know there's certain things that it's important to share the good things about life as well and not just kind of bond on on these lower common denominators or the or the complaints and I think that's it helps all of us rise when we talk about the good things and the possibilities yes. yeah Um. so speaking of which I also want to ask you about your skincare line because that seems like you and there's a lot of clean skincare at the moment um you know it really has blown up but again I think you were very early to it and it really seems like you've not even compromised on there's a lot of stuff that um you know in the these places that call themselves clean and you look at the back and the ingredients are still not 100% clean and um I was really uh I just want to know what you um you know your integrity around it and what clean really, really means, you know, in your opinion, because I think you really have like the highest standards of clean but functional. Yeah. I mean
1: I'm gonna do it unless it was done right. And I'm pretty when I get focused and zoomed in on something, it's like I become OCD about it. So um everything from seed to skin with my skincare is just so thought out. I have my hands on everything. It's just I don't like I tell people this story. I was handcrafting everything myself for years and I finally was able to make the jump into manufacturing could have made the jump quicker, but it took me two years to approve my formulas that I had already created for the manufacturer. And like my manufacturer was like, my, my chemist was like, we've never had anyone be so like anal, <laughs> like insane about ingredients and like mm-hmm. the way things were. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Um, so I just really don't see it being any other way. And Mm. now I think it's really cool because I think we went through a phase where we were completely oblivious about skincare and beauty. And now with social media, we're finally realizing like, okay, there really isn't any protection. There's really no standards. Like you kind of have to do your own research. And then this huge greenwash came in, like we're natural. And then there's like synthetic fragrances and parabens and all these other things. And now there's third-party apps, which I I just tell people you can scan anything on EWG, on Yucca, on Think Dirty, and check mm. if it's actually clean. It'll tell you what ingredients aren't good, what the possible toxic side effects, whether it's reproductive harm or endocrine disruption. And so companies aren't able to, you know, the people that care, they're not able to get away with it anymore. I mean, there's so many companies I could go on and on that are mm. like, natural origin. And then it's, you know, just got horrible ingredients. If you look at the back, I mean, I'm, I'm always a little crazy with anything I put on or in my body. I read the ingredients on everything, but a lot of consumers don't, you know, they just see the marketing, which is so wild these days because it's just like the companies that have the money to Mm. fund the marketing and the pay the influencers. Those are the ones that are doing well, but that doesn't necessarily mean that their products are the best, you know, they just funding so I think you really just have to do your own research and just be super mindful and as a company to me integrity transparency like that is everything because it's an extension of who I am I mean I'm really the face of the company and, and it's my baby so mm-hmm. I try and educate as much as I can put like as much information on the website and do live Q and A's once a week. And I just, I just try and do everything I can to, to help educate people just so they have the right decisions. Like, I mean, gosh, I didn't know when I was young that, you know, all these horrible things I was putting on my body or sitting in the makeup chair as a model was like, just horrible for you, you know? And yeah. yeah, It's amazing
0: though, because I think, you know, um, there's so many things that are kind of, um, I guess that quick ups and then, you know, you just, it doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be longevity there, but if you do things with integrity and you know, you're being true to yourself, then that, um, I believe eventually is, is, is what, you know, stands the test of time. Right. I don't think a lot of people are thinking about, um, how do I put it? I think a lot of the time we think about the tomorrow, you know, but then if you fast forward that to 10 years, like, is that, where's that leading you? And are you connected to that? Right. Um, so I think, you know, you're someone who's so kind of like, I guess you're laying the foundation so properly and not kind of saying, okay, well, whatever, we'll just put a perfume in this one or a sodium lauryl sulfate or whatever it is. But I think it's also, it's also the case that, um, you know, we're, it's not anyone's job to know everything about everything, right? So it's almost like when you give the context to people, it's that's when we, you know, knowledge is power. It's like, that's when we know what we're doing. Otherwise we've got no idea. Like you see a clean label and you need someone to say who's who's a specialist and and who's kind of, you know, everyone who's good at whatever it is they're doing kind of pass the information back. So all of us can benefit from the person that knows about ingredients, the person that knows about, you know, I don't know, tech and someone else that knows about something else. Like that's a really like the shared economy here is like not just contributing like your products, but also saying like this is why SPF, you know, you're not such a fan of, you know, chemical um, sunscreen or why you are so into you know such a fan of the sun and all these sorts of things because then it helps people connect to the why behind it rather than just kind of spitting out the rote, rote information you know and I think that heart connection that you create is is the thing that's more long-lasting rather than okay it's going viral on TikTok and you know what you know that doesn't necessarily guarantee anything in in uh, you know six months time um yeah, yeah. thank you I I
1: like it so you mentioned TikTok because I posted this thing like a week ago and it's so interesting. I mean, everyone knows social media can be a little crazy, but this was on our business page and I posted um, a rating from Think Dirty, which is a third 3rd party app. This is not my judgment. And like I said, you can scan any product and it'll tell you what the rating is between one and 10, 10 being the most toxic. Just to give oh, wow. you an idea, like synthetic synthetic retinol is a nine for reproductive harm and toxic. I mean, it's horrible. So I did a side by side of like my products and other like famous talk products. And it's so interesting. All these young people kind of got offended. Like, why are you putting these other companies down? And it's almost like they didn't care that those ingredients. And I was like, it's not my my judgment. I'm not, I mean, I obviously feel like my products are better, but I'm showing you how toxic these viral products are in comparison to mine. And mm-hmm. I just want to share with people that nature is enough. Like, toxins mm-hmm. make products last on the shelf longer, not your skin. Mm-hmm. End of story. I, I, anyway, yeah. I always say nature first. And um, I just don't think there's any need to be using anything that can harm you. It just doesn't make sense to me, whether mm-hmm. it's harming you or the environment. Like you have to make wise decisions. And I take it so serious. I feel like it's my responsibility as a business owner to like make these right decisions and do everything that I can. I mean, we plant a tree for every order. We give back to regenerative farming all year round. Like everything that we do is trying to make the planet a better place
0: and mm. maybe you'll glow in the meantime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, it, if if you're anything to go by, it's an absolutely. And also, you know, I've seen people over the years, like, that I follow, you know, rave about your products. And um, you oh. know, when you look at the ingredients, it's it's everything. And you don't just do the normal thing, you go above and beyond to match your own. And I think that's the other thing. We talk about this a lot, which is the energy of excellence. Like you you have a standard that you want to hit for yourself, right? Not to be performative necessarily to the outside world or because of what other people think, but because you require that from yourself, it's such a powerful. Um, place to be moving from, no matter what it is, your, your passion, you know, whatever you're following um, and anything that you're putting your energy into is like, if you're going to do it, you may as well kind of, you know, make yourself proud as you do it.
1: Um, I've never heard anyone say that to me and it makes so much sense. Like when I just give you an example, when I was a kid, I was a competitive dancer, but I would dance for myself, like my mom was a studio owner. And those moments at night where I had the studio to myself and I would dance for myself were more important to me than competing on stage in front of thousands of people and winning a trophy. Like it, it's always been about me doing it for myself. I've never had heard anyone like you caught that. So <laughs> yeah. that's so interesting that you saw that about me and, and said that that's, yeah. that's really cool.
0: And it's the same with your spiritual growth, right? You're thinking when the moment comes to you, and you're like, okay, well, how am I gonna? It's 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 you and you again, you know. It's like it's the self, it's the focusing on the the growing yourself and the excellence, you know. Which is um, it's it's just a powerful place to move from because you you just you know the outside can't doesn't have as much control or power over your your inside, you know. And then you become the that's I really believe that's what people mean when they say you become the creator of, of your life. It's like you you set your own your own curriculum of what you want for yourself and and then you go about you know holding yourself up to that standard um and so I also was going to ask you about like you know not only do you make um sort of serums and oils and and that kind of stuff but you also have this body brush that seems like it's really unusual too with the it has like some kind of extra fiber in it that's really unusual and not common and again I'm like I feel like she's doing something that's like really ahead of its time that loads of people are going to stop doing. <laughs> well,
1: no, but it's so interesting. Everyone thinks I'm like, a, or I don't know enough everyone thinks, but like people think I'm doing an innovative things, but I always go back to times, like all my recipes and all my research, I always go back to like what we were doing, what's the thing. So it's mm. copper, it's copper bristles. Um, you know, some of the best dry brushes, uh, are made from like boar or ho- horse hair, but a lot of people that are vegan don't obviously want to use that. So we did agave it's like, um, it's a plant, uh, a plant-based and then copper and copper is naturally antibacterial. It's a high vibrational metal. It floods the body with negative ions. So it helps, um, like if you're on technology all day, it'll help with any positive ions that you're around, which all the time. So it almost floods the body as if, if you're like, well walking on the beach or forest bathing. So not only does it give you all the benefits of regular dry brushing, which is like exfoliating and smoothing the skin, it can help with lymphatic flow, but then you're getting the benefit of copper, which is just such a beautiful metal that, you know, has all these Mm -hmm. other benefits. So I try and do everything like a little bit more intense. Like if you're going to do it, let's do it right. Like my gua sha stones are made from the same stone that, that body scraping was invented in ancient times. It's the most powerful stone has 40 trace elements, 20 of them are anti-aging and it's healing. It's like way more healing than Jade or anything else out there. So Mm. if you're going to do it, you know, do it with the best.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then that sets you out from, you know, instead of just following what you know and this is the this is the cornerstone of everything that we do is just you know um not you know dehomogenization you know not doing things because you're following the crowd but really questioning like where do you want to kind of stick out your edges a little bit you know and take that risk of being a bit unusual and that comes with how you show up who you are as a person what you offer to the world it's it bleeds into everything you know and even you know, your bravery of not settling and and the excellence you bring to the products and owning, I think, you know, you're one of the people to me that really owns your spirituality, um, your own version of it in such a in such an obvious way too, and and how connected you are to it from such a young age. So it's just it's really amazing to see that people and when you say alignment, like you can kind of tell from people's like centeredness in themselves and their kind of self-knowing that they kind of meet you at um so i don't know alignment looks really good on you (laughs) thank you
1: i always say it takes one to know one and you are so wise and so in your body and just so eloquent with the way you speak and how you communicate and yeah it's such an honor to chat with you
0: thank you so much thank you so much for your time um of course yeah i i could just you know, we could go a hundred times over, but maybe we'll just have to have you back on for a part two, because um I think people are so, um, I, and I include myself in this, it's just like, we just want to know and no one has all the answers, but we just need to keep reaffirming to each other as we go along and we're all holding hands. Someone jumps ahead in one area and you go, oh yeah, let me pull you guys along here. And then someone else will pull us all along in another direction. And that's what's so cool about, just hearing other people's stories of how they you know find that center within themselves is like oh maybe it will look different on me but it will sniff the same way you know it will smell it will taste maybe it's similar um ways of certain people so just thank you for sharing your alignment with us today of course thank
1: you